Hi, I'm Taku and I've spent over 10 years telling my stories to thousands of kids across Australia. Now, I'm making my first kids TV show, but here's the thing. I don't have a lot of money, I've never made TV before, please explain, and I've never even been to film school. Yeah, I know, it sounds ridiculous, but that's why I'm doing this podcast. You'll hear how I'm working with the best in the business, how I'm finding the money, and all the behind the scenes stuff no one tells you about. This is Two Words with Taku. Let's learn this making TV thing together. Ooh, we're starting to get to the exciting times. And we're talking about pitching in this episode. Pitching, pitching, pitching. You've got the idea, you've written some stuff, and now you have to go and tell the world about it. And I I actually enjoy pitching. I get nervous, but I enjoy it because most of the times I'm quite happy having a microphone, as you can tell. Uh, But I'm happy to stand up and tell stories. And essentially, that's what a pitch is. You're telling the story of the story, the story of you, the story of you and the story and the people who will love the story it's story 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 and this episode is kind of fitting because this is now where I am Um, and this is probably going to be the last episode or one of the last episodes of this season because I am now pitching my show and my concepts to different production companies and in fact would I say it's pitching yeah I am pitching it because I'm looking for production company or a production company to partner with to make the show. I recently pitched the show to a broadcaster who's now very interested in it and they are keen to help with further development of the show. I just need to find the production company to work with. And so in the past when I had ideas for TV, I would go on the internet, just Google production company and just send off my idea to whichever company came up. And that didn't quite work for me because sometimes that wasn't the genre that they worked in or my material wasn't quite right or it just wasn't a right fit. So I always found that really, really frustrating. And that's probably what led to me um, deciding to come and write my own stories here in Melbourne, but also to start my own production company. But I think now in hindsight, I also really, really see that uh, sometimes maybe I wasn't pitching the right project to the right company or in the right way. And just so I could have really, in fact, I was misfiring. I was. And I guess the lesson is learned. And now it's, um, you know, me talking about it is my way to share that so you don't make the same mistakes that I did. So why is pitching so important and why am I doing this episode? It's because... Um, I want to see more people make their shows. I want to see more people succeed. I think people have excellent ideas. It's just how do you package that in a way that's going to grab people's attention, that's going to make people want to watch the show and support it. And in this episode, I have invited Shirley Tan, who I absolutely love. I love this chick. She is like me. She's early career producer. She's she's just fired up about story and filmmaking. And um, we met at VidCon. And in this chat, I mean, it's actually quite a long 
long chat so maybe i'll keep this intro short we just talk about what it's like selling your ideas and how you prepare for that and some of the ways that you measure success for that in season one of this podcast i did quite a lot of um, episodes about pitching and i think i was focusing more on pitching podcasts uh, but also i think i've got a couple there on pitching tv ideas so if you look through and you just search for pitch and two words with taku they should come up because those are the titles or the word pitch will be in titles but yeah I'm very excited and passionate about this area because what's the point of writing really good stuff if no one's going to see it no one's going to hear it and no one's going to want to make it with you um so yes so going back to Shirley, met her at VidCon, also met her at Screen Forever, and that's the big screen producers um, conference in Australia. And we just completely hit it off. So I will tell you what, she, um, what she's written in her official bio, and then we'll get straight into the interview. Shirley Tan is an early career producer with an interest in storytelling and production excellence. She strongly believes in the power of film to connect and engage. Raised in both Mauritius and Singapore, she aspires to use her exposure to different cultures and backgrounds to inform her filmmaking. She's also a trained speech pathologist and hence a vocal advocate for communities from various underrepresented populations. And oh, before I forget, I have to let you know that at one point in the interview, my daughter Maya started uh, interrupting. So it's not too bad, but um, yeah, if you hear a baby, don't freak out. It's my little one. So anyways, onwards with the interview. Here is Shirley Tan. Shirley, could you tell us a bit about yourself and about the work that you do? So I'm a first-generation Malaysian-Australian producer, and I actually come from a speech pathology background. Um, I got into filmmaking because I wanted to help uh, tell people's stories, mm-hmm. and I thought that filmmaking was a great home for that ambition. Um, so I'm currently an early career producer. I, I, I make content that I feel passionate about and that's mostly with a focus on uh, stories that are unrepresented um, and are meaningful and um, the kind of um, projects that I've been working on a web series and I just recently uh, produced a feature film, helped to co-produce a feature film called One Punch which is a crime uh, thriller. So that's me. what I've been up to. <laughs> did, did you say it's called On Punch? Uh, one Punch. Oh, One Punch. <gasps> oh, yeah. and is that is that sort of along the lines of One Punch laws and just how One Punch, you know, the people who've been killed by One Punch, literally. Yeah, that... so actually it was inspired by, oh, bless your baby. I know. You know what? We're oh, just going to keep rolling. Right? She's co-hosting you know? the show now. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, I um, so one punch is actually we we were inspired by the Calvert punch. So you're absolutely bang on on the money. Um, what we took away from the Calvert punch was how senseless the violence was, and you know, research into it, early research into it showed that um, men are the biggest victims of 
uh, male violence. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's skewed heavily against men, unfortunately. Like we're looking at 96, 98% wow. uh, of men are victims. And so, um, you know, based on my uh, other producer's um, own experience, uh, Darcy Yu, uh, he grew up with, you know, certain examples of bullying and violence in his own life and even, um, you know, his own experiences of throwing a punch and he, you know, it just made him reflect, you know, what what is it about casual violence that, you know, we are taught, you know, as, as men in society, um, a big part of um, the solution to gendered violence, you know, against women and children are also looking at what, uh, affects men mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so um, we do believe that this is a story um, that helps us explore that it's 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 it sounds like a documentary I apologize it's it's not no. um, it's, um, that's just the kind of inspiration that got into it but it's it talks uh, the story is actually about a young man who turns 18 and you know he's you know got aspects of violence in his family life and uh, around his peers, but it, you know that stuff that's really casual, that's really, uh, you know, taught that it's okay and everyone does it. But when he does it, something bad happens to him that night, and you know, we kind of go down a rabbit hole with him, explore, you know, uh, what does that mean for him? What does that mean for his family? And you know how how we actually learn those uh, messages of casual violence. So mm. it just really kind of exploring that through a story (laughs) gosh it sounds it sounds deep and i am really curious to hear more and to see it when it's come out so when when does it come out or what's yeah what's what stage is it at at the moment so we're currently in post um okay and i i think we're going to hit the film festival circuit early next year so that's kind of plan Oh gosh, I I haven't even ventured into asking or trying to explore what that whole world looks like. I feel like you know film festival circuits. Mm, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, it'll whole... <laughs> be new for me as well. So talking about early career producing, yeah, <laughs> that 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 is a completely different uh, ball game for me too. Yeah. So um, uh, I'll report what I learned <laughs> okay no definitely and you know what that I guess that sits into you know marketing distribution because it's all very well to make these amazing projects but if no one's going to yeah. see them what's the point so yeah Absolutely. maybe at a later stage we can have a conversation about what that that is um you know maybe another episode later on uh so I guess you know I wanted to talk to you about pitching your ideas and getting mm-hmm. things made so what's been your experience of getting your film projects funded and made um, especially as an early, early career producer. So to be frank, it really depends on the experience of your team. Mm-hmm. And if you're an early career producer, um, you might not have a lot of currency in experience. Mm-hmm. So if you are savvy enough, you would find natural collaborators. That's what the pitching is about. So, you know, you don't just pitch. Um, I mean, in the context of Screen Forever, which is a conference where you have a lot of producers, distributors, production companies, that's a great place to shop around and find natural collaborators for your project, which I think is uh, really savvy if you are uh, an early career producer, finding those relationships. But if you're kind of 
uh, already doing your own thing with your your own team and your peers are about the same ex uh, the same experience as you are, then you find that you, what you're doing to pitch the the goals are a little bit different. So you're kind of pitching to find people who are interested in working in your project, sometimes for free or sometimes for uh, you know as a favor. Mm-hmm. And you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to crew and make your film for uh, uh, as much as you can afford. So just, you're kind of pitching to keep costs down. You're trying to pitch to businesses that would be uh, a natural fit for your story, um, you know, to to get the materials or the locations that you need. So you're you're always pitching. I find that as a producer, you kind of need to be. A kind of salesperson. Yeah, <laughs> so, you do, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you kind of need to. Well, you got to do it because um, you you have to make it happen. You have to, and you know your project best. And so yeah. um, that's kind of what you're doing. And I think whatever you do for your project can actually help you when you're talking to, you know, the big guns like the distributors and production companies. Because if you go, look, this is actually what I've organized. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, yeah. These are the crew that I have. Uh, I have people who are wanting to mentor uh, for this project. Um, you know, they're attached to this project in this capacity. And I've got these businesses along. I find that that's still pretty impressive. Um, if you are also proactive and you're pitching to go into competitions or uh, to different programs where, you know, they can kind of grow you. So, um, in my experience, I, I pitched my web series ideas to um, an initiative from Film Victoria called Story Lab, where it helped people from um, uh, uh, CALD backgrounds, which is culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds, to uh, get their ideas developed further through uh, mentors and industry professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good as well, right? So you've, um, I've, I've. I was very lucky to benefit from that program for two years. So amazing. Um, yeah, it, it's it's great. And, you know, you've got to just hustle oh, and, and try. Yeah, <laughs> Don't you love that word? <laughs> no, I love it. I know lots of people kind of go, oh, my gosh, hustle. But it's the truth. It is. That it is, is what it is. You know, it's yes, it is. And- I totally get the, the reluctance. Like you sometimes don't know what you're doing as an early career producer. Yeah. You just got to do everything and see what works. And then go, all right, this is this is what I'm going to do for my projects. Yeah. And, and um, you know, when I first met you, uh, we met at VidCon. So yeah. I, I can't even remember why you were there. I didn't ask you. I don't I don't. <laughs> I don't why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Hey, chick, what are you doing here? Because I, I had gone because I'm making a show for kids and young people. And I thought, okay, they're all going to be gathered at VidCon. I might be able to right. learn some stuff about YouTube. And, and yeah. I think I was also running. Um, oh, yeah, I did run a, a podcaster's session at VidCon. And then wow. when I bumped into you or I met you, um, we hit it off, obviously. So we started talking TV stuff. <laughs> but I can't remember. What were you doing at VidCon? I was um, trying to learn more about the web series space. Uh, so yeah. this, okay. is, this, this is actually a really uh, good point to bring up. If you're producing something, um, I found that in – in my experience, you really need to know who your audience is and mm, where your product's mm, going to mm. live. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, no one's an expert, not even the most experienced producers. You kind of need to go every year to kind of find out what's the latest um, developments in that field. And for me, I was just trying to know 
if you're going to put something up on YouTube, how is it going to succeed as a web series? Because, you know, as a platform, it's it's not really a platform that's friendly to web series unless you have a lot of content that mm-hmm. is value added for people to watch. If it's just about your product, if it's just about your film project, no one cares. Mm-hmm. But if that's what the YouTubers are doing well, the creators, they are making content that people are naturally interested in. They talk about, well, yeah, you know, you've got your stereotypical makeup sessions, you know, and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But they also talk about things that people are interested in, like all oh, life hacks and whatnot. And they know how to hook people in. Yeah. Into watching the other stuff. They, um, they have skills, I must say. You know, yeah. oh gosh, I don't know about you, but I definitely felt like a fish out of water <laughs> when I was there. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, think, I felt like I was in a very different kind of circus. <laughs> right? And then afterwards, you know, sitting with you, I felt so safe. And that's probably why we sat for like three hours together going, oh my God, what are it, we it, doing? I, I, went, I totally agree. Like, I went to VidCon this year. I've not changed, but I have to oh, say. Oh, yeah, how was it? I, it was good. I, I got to go to the industry uh, sessions and, mm-hmm. you know, the latest thing is TikTok. So try and figure yes. out, you know, that platform. <laughs> Have you been and on I, it? It's pretty, it's pretty fun and funny. Yes. Yes. I, I, I had to download the app and check it out. Like, it's fun. And, you know, you kind of think about, like, how do you get your message out there? So, you, mm-hmm. like, all these different platforms you kind of need to know them intimately in order to know what can live on the platform. So yeah. um, honestly, it is one of the most, like I know we're kind of semi-bagging out, semi-respecting it, but like honestly, Bitcoin is really, really fun and yeah. it's the most easiest way to meet people. I, I like to joke about this. I think I told you this joke as well, Taku, where we met. Yeah. Um, but like I call it, but there's this thing where you, where you can kind of network with people um, through an app and I call it consensual. <gasps> Uh, consensual networking because you go yes yes, um, I look at your profile you have something interesting that I want to know more about and you know you can accept and go yeah you are you seem interesting too so let's meet up and then they give you a table and you meet for 15 minutes and that's how how we met oh my gosh you know I completely (laughs) forgot about that because I really was going where did I bump into her was I sitting next to her no that is right and yeah I must say VidCon was brilliant in terms of just learning even the behind the scenes of the stats and things that work and like all those people who actually run the youtube things and the you know the people behind everything else that was amazing but yeah i remember now um connecting with you through that and a few other people and i mean what i loved about you i guess this is now going back to the whole pitching and how you talk about your projects and things like that that day you had like i'll call it a (laughs) dossier of like (laughs) of all these flyers and little things about each project and they were beautifully designed and you i think you were talked about three projects or four i can't remember but you were pulling out like a a flyer or a a business card or this and then you'd tell me the story i'm like damn okay great and then you pull out another one and tell me again and I, i just i loved that so much because it's so powerful um it's one thing to talk about a story but then sometimes people need to see it um Mm. so my question is uh when you went to screen forever later that year after Mm. i met you at vidcon um you know i bumped into you and you said you were gonna hit up some of the producers and go to the pitching sessions how how did they go and how did you measure success and or failure of those pitching sessions how did I prepare? 
Um, so mm-hmm. you talked through my process pretty well, I have to say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> to get a Long here. question. No, 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 no. no. I'm just joking. Like, I think it's, I think it's really, really funny uh, that that was my impression. And I feel very flattered that you thought that was uh, really wonderful and impressive and not nerdy. No, um, not at all. <laughs> so as you can tell, um, I like to be pretty prepared. Um, and I do feel like having something visual helps. Uh, people to kind of understand what the story is. It's kind of marketing, right, mm-hmm. um, in a nutshell. So pitching is kind of like a verbal way of selling a story. And what I like to do is I like to leave something visual so that they remember um, the pitch or, you know, and they have my contact details and that sort of stuff. It's kind of like the follow-up to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're, we're selling a very visual medium, we're selling, you know, something that's screen-based, you you know, you kind of have to give something visual. So um, I guess in terms of preparation, um, you need to know your ideas pretty well. Um, you need to know your pitch really well. And I'm not going to teach you how to pitch your idea because every idea is different. Yeah. And, so you know, you are different. And you need to, like, essentially you do need to just find a pitch that works for you, that you feel confident in selling and that you that tells people what they need to know about the project and you know hook them in mm-hmm. so as long as you have those you're set and if you have a, a, a comp card so i call it a comp card um man i had a lot of things that day at vicon <laughs> but like you know, some were really big some were really small there were actually different kinds of audiences and so you don't yeah. have to do that if you don't have the budget for it um but i find that having a bit of a comp card which is like a like a envelope sized um uh card mm-hmm. um that has you know like your projects uh hook on it and mm-hmm. a little a little synopsis and you know a little call to action is you know you know uh let's meet up for coffee or yeah. if you'd love to hear more uh contact me at x y and z you know um that's good yeah um don't mm-hmm. obviously put your whole story out there like i'll, I'll let people decide what they want to put uh, in your marketing uh, materials, but you know you also need to protect your IP. Yeah. So normally, just something that uh, is good to hook people. You know, to get to, you're giving this card to so many different kinds of people. It's green forever. I find that um, there's so many different people there that you could connect. You're not just connecting with producers, distributors. You know, you could also be connecting to with uh, with potential crew members. You know, yeah. who have a lot of experience, yeah. experience that you might need yeah. in your project. So. Um, you know, like writers and, you know, directors, that's, you know, you might want to just give them something that gets them excited to know more about your, your project and that can lead to another meeting and whatnot. So um, that's what the comp card is for. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what's also equally as effective is actually preparing your name card. Oh, yes. Have a name card. Have something yep. to give someone. Yeah. Um, you know, something to leave someone with. And then promise to follow up, um, you know, if not right next day, right after the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so because the conference can be quite full on. Oh, my um, gosh. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like the Valley of Lanyards, I call it, because it's just yeah! like, oh, my God, if I need to look at another. I, I normally get home after a conference, just hoik them in the bin and just, just don't want to see them. But you're right. And the people who stand out are often the ones who email me afterwards. And I go, oh, I should do that. <laughs> but, you know, you end up just emailing the ones that you're interested in or that have really affected you. But 
sometimes you get those mm-hmm. blanket emails from some people and you're like, oh, wow, they're committed. So, yeah, um, but yeah, you're right about having something that can continue that conversation if that's what you're after. Mm. Yeah. So that that's just things that you can easily prepare before you go. Mm-hmm. And then when you get there, it's a completely different ballgame. Because <laughs> oh, yes. you get prepared. But I think the best thing um, is just to dive in and learn as much as you can. It's a learning experience. Every year is going to also be different because people are going to look for different things. But also, um, you know, back yourself up because people are there to also kind of shop for ideas. And so they do want to talk to you. So, mm-hmm. um, And that's something that you kind of have to remind yourself, especially if you're a nervous pitcher like I am. Um, I cannot of... believe that. Really, Shelley, <laughs> nervous yeah. and nervous how? <laughs> um, uh, look, Kotaku, we got along really well. <laughs> but sometimes you don't have that immediate chemistry. Yeah, with that's true. And sometimes it's kind of like a cold pitch, especially. Yeah, and if you're going to oh, green forever, yeah. ready, steady pitch is yeah. a cold pitch. Yeah, actually, you're right. You are so right. And I, I shouldn't be, you know, stirring you like that because the first year I went to Screen Forever, I did the ready, steady pitch and you're sitting um, on a chair that's lined up against the wall waiting for them to call your name or for yeah. the people to swap. And then you're literally watching people, you know, pitching and it does make you feel a little nervous. And so, yeah, when you walk across and then you sit down and yes, you, you have what, three, five minutes to just sell it. Um, it really feels yeah, like aging. It um, does, yeah. It, it does. Yeah. Like, like Taku's right. Like, you've got five minutes to sell your idea, and then five minutes for feedback. So essentially, you only got ten minutes with the person. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you don't even have the uh, have the full five minutes to sell your idea. Sometimes they might go, "Look, we actually have something like that," or mm-hmm. "Sorry, that's not what we." You're looking for and what are you going to do with the extra three minutes that you need to sell your idea so this is actually really good to talk about in terms of preparation don't go with just one idea exactly yes yeah yeah you go with a, a state go with a couple of ideas and if you don't have it find collaborations that you can you know be a part of and go look i'm actually going to this um you know uh, to screen forever and i'm going to be pitching would you like me to pitch your project for you mm-hmm. you know and then you can that, that's a way of getting in on mm-hmm. some projects you might that's like a good idea. So, yeah yeah um so at least you don't go empty-handed if they can like you but they might go look it's not for us let me hear more about what you uh, what you, uh what else you're working on yeah you know and and the other big thing in, in terms of preparation is doing your homework for who you want to pitch to. So, Absolutely. you know, with Screen Forever, they tell you who's coming way beforehand. You actually can book in to pitch to particular people. So if you know, okay, I love this producer. I love what they did here. Yep, that's mm-hmm. who I want to target. Um, then it, it also kind of helps you prepare what you're going to say to them when you go as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I believe you have three sessions that you can book mm-hmm. and then on the day sometimes these sessions are available because people cancel or whatnot and then you can just jump in and do it so what i what i did was i created a wish list yes. <laughs> talk about preparation to the max no um, we, well, my gosh you have to hey you have to and um uh, the process, especially if you ever get fortunate enough to book in your own session. So if you've applied and you've really spent the money and you're not, you're waiting to book in people, you need to actually go in and go in fast because those sessions, especially with the uh, really uh, popular uh, people, um, they tend to go up really quickly. Mm-hmm. So if you, and and if I if I might them. say as well, they go quickly mm-hmm. and often to people who are already doing okay. If that makes Correct. sense. Correct. So, yeah, um, you got to really get in there quick. 
exactly so that's why you've got i've got like a plan a and a plan b oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, <I'm> <laughs> terrible <laughs> no it's not i i love it i'm i'm trying not to agree with everything because that is literally how i work as well so i'm letting you you know speak more but yeah you have to have plan a plan b maybe even a c one you know yes go on yeah this is, this is why Chakra and I get along so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got the same energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you have your wish list. And, you know, sometimes you don't get it because people are, like, really, really on. That's the first people they book and they just book it real quick. Right? So the first 10 minutes are, like, you know, free for all online. It can be quite crazy. So you really need to prepare and you really need to know who you want to go and talk to. And if you don't get that person, move on to the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, you wouldn't be nervous or you wouldn't be deciding when that happens. You'd be able to make those decisions really quick because you've really done your research. You really know what you're going to do if you're going to pitch to this person. Um, And on the day, uh, if there's, if there happens, uh, happens to be free, you know, people that you can pitch to, I think it's good to just practice and go, especially if Mm -hmm. it fits, you know, kind of fits your, your project. Um, Make the most of the opportunity. And that's where it, you know, Yes, you haven't prepared specifically for that person, but that helps you to do that sort of elevated pitch. Yes, um, you know, get that more practice in. Um, especially if you're uh, if, if you're an early career producer, I'll just go like you know, go for it. There's no you know downside. You know, you can also it, it doesn't have to be a strictly you know I'm here to sell you something. You know, it could be I love to learn more because I think I have projects that would fit. And then maybe I can pitch to you, you know, yeah. or something like that. So um, you never know what kind of opportunities arise because sometimes mm-hmm. if they are with a company that might they might not be the right representative for the um, area that you're pitching. Say, for example, you you're talking to someone in documentaries, but they ha- they have a narrative and not and, and fiction um, and scripted section, mm-hmm. right? They might go, I think our colleagues at that department would really, really love this idea. Let me hook you up. Yeah. And that has happened before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got I've got both narrative and uh documentary projects. And yep. sometimes when they don't they go, Oh, the documentary project isn't for me, but let me hear your other stuff and we go, Oh, well, actually we have narrative stuff. They're like, No worries, uh, tell it to me anyway. And they hooked us up with, you know, someone from the scripted department. Oh, so, so good. Yeah, so you never know what's going to happen. Um, so don't go in with the preconceived idea that I can only pitch one thing. Um, it's really, at the end of the day, a conversation, um, and you're just trying to get to know people better in the industry. So mm-hmm. don't make it too too stressful for yourself. Just try and have fun. I know that seems really weird to say, but you know, you're meeting people at the end of the day, you know, um, so and they're um, meeting you so you you also you become part of that pitching package as well so just yeah they want to meet you too being yourself is is so important and i think for you and i the fact that you know we're from (laughs) we're from you know communities that haven't really had much main stage time making projects or being seen um you know people are much more interested and more curious and so that is exciting because then you you have stories and perspectives that are new to to people and uh yeah i asked before like and i'm curious how do you measure then your success after you've done pitches so when you go home after screen forever how do you measure how well you did or yeah 
So it really depends on what you want to get out of that pitch. So some different projects have different um, goals. Mm-hmm. So um, like from my web series idea, I pitched it to kind of market test it. Oh, okay. um, it had been developed. Um, you know, it hadn't been put in front of anyone uh, in a you know a big influential decision making uh, position, and it received uh, a fair amount of interest, and I'm at that success. Yeah, um, great. and those people who uh, didn't really buy the idea, who um, they um, you know gave some really important feedback, and this is one of the things that I feel that people should really be open to when you get feedback from these. Uh, really experienced people in the room, even though it's a rejection, they're usually really good with their constructive criticism. Yeah, they um, are. That is invaluable mm-hmm. advice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you pay through the nose to get that kind of advice. And, you know, you, I, I took that as a success as well, you know, going, all right, these are things that I've been hearing and uh, about this project. You know, these are the same kind of issues. I'm going to fix them. Uh, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. go and, and try and develop it into something else or like a build on it or, or you know, address it. Um, that is really good. That's still a win. So yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, it's how you see it. Um, I, I always feel like with these situations, it's a glass half full rather than half empty because you can always learn something from your pitches. Um, and sometimes when you don't get the right market response, you, you know, you, you learn stuff about, okay, is there an audience for this? project or is it because the market's a bit conservative for this idea mm-hmm. or you know like you know it, it might not be your idea it might be is it the wrong market for or it? time even you know yeah. what's what's the zeitgeist people Correct. love that word you know what's happening culturally yeah. like is that the time to be doing certain projects as well yeah i think yeah but that's important intel for for producer right mm-hmm. you need to know how to land this uh, the project and sometimes something could be really, really popular when you're developing it, but maybe in two or three years when it comes out, you know, like it, it's such a tricky thing, mm-hmm. you know, does it, do you have an audience for your project? Actually, that's the key thing as a producer. Do I have an audience that will buy my product? Mm-hmm. You, if you know your audience really well, um, you're going to get a lot of people interested in your project. So I think if you're going to pitch, um, really know your audience and, 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 and mention who they would be. Uh, most people will be very excited or, or, or open to hearing it. If you don't know who your audience is, you'll find that you're going to be in the back foot because, you know, yeah, people don't want to don't want to take on that risk. You know, they externalize the risk. Um, and usually, the producer who's making the project they need to know all of those uh, that information. You know, here's the market size. You know, here's here's the group of pe- group of people that would watch and and and, and buy my my film. So mm. where is it going to live? All that sort of stuff. That's why you go and research. That's why you go to VidCon. You go to Screen mm-hmm. Forever. You go to all these places. You meet people. You <laughs> yeah, you do. And you know what? It's funny. Um, it's It ends up being really enjoyable when you are passionate about your ideas. And yeah, yeah, yeah. if you have perspective about the fact that it's going to take time as well. Nothing happens straight away. Relationships right. take time to form and to grow. And there's just so much other stuff that goes into going from pitching something to to now we're making it and mm-hmm. and I think that's something I've been learning that I just have to be more patient with how long things take and good things take time and no. it's okay as well to not force those relationships because I'm sure similar to to you 
like I've pitched some things to so many people and they're so excited in the moment when you're telling them, you send the emails back and forth and back and forth and then it just goes dead, quiet, ghosted, right. gone, disappeared. <laughs> and so <laughs> you kind of learn to, to I, I always say you learn to hold your projects tightly and lightly. So tightly no, as in no. you, you really believe in your idea. It's really, really strong. But then also lightly that, yeah, this might not be the project for them or it might be a project for 10 years from now or it might not ever happen. And so you have to be also quite fluid in that. And yeah, um, and yeah like you said, part of it is then going out and meeting people and talking to your peers and, you know, just yeah. staying in there, staying in the game. Absolutely. That's a very, very smart approach, um, holding it tightly but lightly. Um, you know, being committed to your idea is a very good thing, but also being flexible to know who can come to the dinner table. Um, you know, it's, you know, you might have a collaborator that you think is absolutely on board, uh, but, you know, the length of time it takes to develop a project, it might mean that it's not suitable in a few years' time. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why you do have to network. That's why you can't be complacent. You can't go, right, these are the only people I'll ever work with. You kind of need to keep meeting different people because different people are suitable for different projects yeah, uh, in different true. parts of your life. So never ever think or, or pigeonhole um, someone as being useful uh, to you at that moment. It, you know, they could be you never know when you're going to cross paths again. You never know when that, uh, you know, you're going to collaborate again. Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, that's proving to be true. Even, you know, I'm still an early career producer, but, you know, the people who I've networked with on different projects, you know, they still keep coming back and back, mm -hmm. you know, in, in different ways. You, you work with them in different ways, you know. You, you, and I think that's that's why you have to always be, and I find I don't want to be, I don't want to sound preachy, but if you're in a, if you're, like the best best people to talk to are usually people who are humble and people mm -hmm. who are open and who are happy to talk to people. Yeah. And it, they're if like at Scream Forever, you know, you could be talking to someone really experienced and they have that mindset. And you know, uh, that's then you realize that that's because you know the reason why they're so successful so successful is because they actually have that sort of mentality. I'll talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so and, true. And and, so, and so you know, true. being very friendly and and open. You don't don't pigeonhole people um you never know when you work with them mm -mm -mm. you are definitely preaching amen to that because even i was going to say at screen forever you have dedicated pitching sessions and then they have panels and all these other things but then they also have so many um sort of mingle times so morning yeah. tea or lunch and people sometimes i remember seeing some of the like big big name producers as in they've flown from overseas oh my gosh they've done right. all these amazing things and they're standing by themselves with a cup of tea looking lonely kind of thing and so you know if you go up to people and you're also friendly you can end up having some amazing conversations without also that expectation that it'll turn into something as well but that's mm -hmm. how you keep those relationships you know happening and um yeah everything you're saying is is spot on and yeah yeah i actually on. have a different perspective um i used to volunteer for screen forever so for the okay. first few years that I was at Screen Forever, I was in, um, I was a volunteer, mm -hmm. and so I, I would go to the socials, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie about who I was. I was like, look, I'm actually a volunteer here, but I'm also trying to get into producing, and I still had a lot of great experiences from that. So if anyone mm -hmm. who's listening, if you're a student, you should actually go and volunteer as much as you can, because mm -hmm. I've made connections that 
you know, even as a volunteer, even if I wasn't a jobbing producer back then, you know, um, they still were very valuable down the road. And that's what I mean by like people, you know, you're going to meet all sorts of people. Sometimes you feel like you're not enough, especially if you're, you know, just a volunteer. But, you know, there are people, people who are smart enough know that that's how you start out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, good mm-hmm. kind of it's that hunger. Like yeah. definitely, and that commitment, because yeah, not everybody wants to volunteer. Um, right. You know, we're in a in an industry where you do get some people with the ego and pride and all of that stuff. But I've been finding a lot more people just down to earth. They're just nice people, um, just yeah. normal people. And you're so right about um, showing that commitment and always showing up as well, because that's how you become visible and people will yeah. remember you. And then that's how it goes. So five years from now, people will be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course, Shirley, of course, Taku, of course. <laughs> you know, I've seen those chicks around. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, and that's what that's what's happening. You know, that's the long game. If you show that you're mm-hmm. committed and you've been there right from the, uh, uh, you know, get go, people want to work with you because yeah. they know that you care. Um, you care enough about your work, your, your, you know, your industry, your projects. Why would they not want to have a chat with you? Yeah, that's that's so true. Oh gosh, you just have so much wisdom, and I love it. Um, no. <laughs> I do, I I do because I I'm excited about um, doing the walk with you as well. It's one thing to have ideas and be learning from people who are experienced, but I also want to walk with the people who are same sort of level as me and to learn from you as much as I hope. You know, I might share things here and there. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So now, because um, we pretty much have to round up our wonderful chat, uh, but uh, where do people find you and how can we support your work as well? Uh, I, uh, you can find me at passport-productions.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, that's the best way to kind of get in touch with me about projects um or yeah and just shoot me an email or from our website we'd love to love to um uh, get in touch with anyone who has any questions um i you know i'm i'm an early stage uh producer just you know i'm i'm hustling like like taku yeah um, but like if there's anything that i could do to kind of just share um um you know if, if any of my experiences are of any value or help i would love to do that so yeah please um ask me anything <laughs> oh that's great I'll, I'll put all your links in the show notes so people can contact you directly but oh, thank uh, you. yeah thank you so much for being on the show and all the best with everything and are you are you at screen forever this year um i think so <laughs> yeah i know me too i'm like oh, i think so <laughs> i think so but uh like I, I think i'm going for a few days but yeah uh, not the whole lot so yeah Okay, well, hopefully I'll bump into you there. If not, um, yeah, thanks again for the chat and all the best with everything. No, thank you for having me. This was lovely. Thank you. Great. See ya. You're listening to Two Words with Tartu. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review and recommend the show. Oh. I just love this. I love, I love, love, love talking to Shirley because we're walking together and it feels great. And like I said, um, or I'm always saying, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, we will look back and say, oh, remember when we met and we walked together 
and I want to support her work. She wants to support mine and it feels good. It feels good. So I hope you enjoy that uh, chat with her. And if you have questions for me or for her, you can reach out to us. I'll put all the contact details in the show notes. Uh, if you want to email me, I'm taku at taku.com.au. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback and also what you're working on. And if you are a writer, storyteller, filmmaker, somebody who's curious or wants to help out or reach out, to Shirley, on, or Shirley or me with our projects or want to be part of our teams or just curious, we would love to hear from you. So again, say hi on social media or via email. And I think that's it. I mean, I don't want to add any more to that. It was pretty clear, you know, take the time to package your ideas and just go and tell the world about them. Be excited and don't be afraid. And yeah onwards and upwards for us all all right that's it for this episode uh keep on listening i think we've got a few more to go if not start again and listen to them again if not go back and listen to some season one if not uh back to the writing board or the drawing board whatever it is that is your creative avenue at the moment all right this is a very long goodbye all right i'm out <laughs>